The following content is brought to you by Mind Initiative Incorporated. The opinions expressed in the following conversation are of the hosts and do not in any way represent the opinions of Mind Initiative as a whole. Some themes in this series may be distressing or triggering for some listeners and so viewer discretion is advised. If any of the content does trigger uncomfortable feelings or cause distress, we encourage you to reach out to us via our Facebook page or seek further support from beyondblue.org or contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 for 24-7 over-the-phone support. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we all stand and we extend our respect to the elders, both past and present. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the new Mind to Mind podcast. This is our first episode and tonight we're going to be talking about um, and discussing about several um, characters and fictional characters in the world of TV, movies and media that we may believe has some sort of mental illness or condition. So um, I've got uh, Jason with me. So um, how are you tonight, Jason? Yeah, pretty good, Will. How about you? Yeah, my, yeah, I'm okay. I've had a, a pretty busy week, um, been a bit up and down, but um, I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. So thinking about um, certain characters in in the world of fiction, because I've um, seen so many that I would consider have some sort of mental health condition, like all, all the best characters seem to have that. I mean, like you can't really you can't have an interesting character without them having problems because if they were perfect then why would you watch them so yeah 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 two that come to mind for me that really stand out were fight club and forest gump and they're two totally different kind of characters who represent uh mental illness in such different ways um Mm. they're two very beautiful characters that yeah they mm-hmm. were they were they're my basis of like if something was to happen and i was having a bad day or something like that i would mm-hmm. probably put on one of those two movies yeah and and of course um it's safe to like discuss spoilers here because of course like we're going <laughs> to go right into it so yeah so yeah i, I unfortunately had fight club spoiled for me so i knew what was going to happen as soon as i started watching the movie but i still kind of walked away mind blown anyway of just how good it was because <laughs> it is a good movie that's for sure um so yeah if if, if we're going to talk about a uh, fight club um i do know because uh it's about a uh, a character called jack it's uh it's a bit unclear of like what his name is <laughs> um but he calls himself jack but the movie just calls him the narrator because he's the protagonist of the story. And he meets a strange person called Tyler Durden, who seems to be the exact opposite of him and everything that he wants to be. And spoilers, um, it is revealed that Tyler Durden is Jack. It's his alter ego, which he constantly hallucinates and is constantly in, in his head talking to him, telling him, this is what you want to be. It's kind of like the next step of his evolution. And of course, Jack can't accept this. He thinks he's crazy. And then, you know, Tyler reassures him that he's not crazy. This is something that 
people do every day, matter of fact. So yeah, um, Tyler Durden is a very interesting character. He's kind of like very like anti-consumerism. He's like um, like rebelling against society of just, you know, buying stuff, taking things, and he wants to put his own original mark on the world, um, which is funny because, like, it seems like all that Tyler wants to do is just, like, make his own slaves, basically, to work for him, which is funny. But, yeah, it's all about the Fight Club and, you know, I guess the Fight Club is, like, a place where people can like purge their like you know their their inner dark emotions and not get in trouble for it so that's kind of like what i took away from fight club it's been a while since i've seen it actually it's been a couple of years since i've last watched it but i only watched it for the first time in like 2016 because like it's um i don't think i was allowed to watch it before then but yeah it was um it was um an interesting movie a very um lot of hard-hitting messages and but yeah um that's my opinion of fight club and tyler durden so so what do you think about that character yeah i um tyler durden for me kind of brings across a message of materialism is a blocker for having good relationships and one of the main messages that comes across there is the things that you own end up owning you and it's yeah. such a a powerful message when you think about it, because uh, something like owning a house and maintaining a house and yeah. having to mow your lawn and all that kind of crap mm. does actually take time away from you from being able to have yeah. good relationships with people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then it's not just Tyler Durden, because you've got a massive amount of different characters in that movie. And good old mm. Robert Paulson is another good one that is going through a lot of trauma um robert has cancer um and it directly affects his testosterone and he ends up growing boobs and everything else oh yeah yeah it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's interesting funny. watching yeah, yeah. his journey through that movie because yeah. um that's a a fantastic kind of look at mental health as well and how that affects um his personal wealth yeah, it's I kind of feel amazing. like yeah, kind of like the man that like comes overrun with estrogen. <laughs> He's just yeah. like, like a big girly man. But yeah, but yeah, um, I, I do I do re remember that character, but of course I wasn't really focused on that character. I was more, I was focused on 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 the main character and, and Tyler. Yeah. But yeah, there are a lot of very little little secret things that they like drop into the movie, and like a lot of very um a lot of hidden messages in it which make it very interesting to rewatch. oh so, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it is definitely a good movie um mm -hmm. it doesn't from a mental health point of view it's not a great representation of um of of what real mental health issues are like mm -hmm. but the fact that he goes to therapy and the fact that he's trying to find out where he belongs by going to all these different groups and everything else. And he feels connection and safety there probably yeah. a good outcome and what people yeah. are looking for a safe space to be able to talk about. Yeah. What's going on. Yeah. He's basically um, a young man who is basically lost in the world and he's just trying to find his way where he just gets swept up on all these different things. 
Yeah. And the whole movie is like him discovering who he who who he, who he really is through Tyler. So yeah. Yeah. And by, by the end of the movie, I'm still not completely sure like what he is supposed to represent. But I think what he's supposed to represent is just a complete rebellion against the the, the consumerism that dominates modern society. That's what I think it is anyway. Yeah. Tyler Durden side of it, yeah. Yeah. Because I do believe that um, consumerism is a major addiction that our society is facing, and it's basically unavoidable. I mean, we 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 go to the movies, we buy movies, we we buy the latest video game, we we want to go to, you know, um, go on go on the latest theme park ride. We want to, we just basically want to see everything, and when we see so much stuff, it really kind of confuses you and it's just well what who are you what are you going to give to the world you know and your brain is overloaded with all this stuff that's probably not really gonna help you in 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 the long run but i mean it's it's there anyway so yeah yeah you kind of have to be a really smart kid to be looking at historical figures or influential figures like Nelson Mandela or Mm -hmm. um, Gandhi or something like that. Like for most of us, we grow up watching TV and the the people that we see first are the people in Hollywood and what Hollywood is representing to us in movies and stuff like that, which you don't really, until you actually grow up and start getting a job and everything else, you don't really deviate from that kind of stuff. It's what you talk about. Mm. But I do believe that movies have a lot to teach, but, of course, movies are still fiction. They're not real. Yeah. But, of course, you get like movies like Fight Club, which have a lot of important things to say about society. So that's why movies like those movies are so re- remembered and so many others just like fade into the back of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. What's one of the movies, other movies that you think about? Movies. Uh, I'm trying to think of um, recent movies. Of course, um, a movie for me that really, um, you know, leans into um, mental health is uh, uh, the Mad Max movies of how a man is broken by his family being being killed by a bunch of evil bike gangs and of course um the, the first three movies took place in the eight what well, came out in the 80s and the newest one only came out seven years ago and I, I think the main themes of like fury road was is like finding hope it's all about hope i mean these these characters are in a wasteland and even they exist in this in this horrible place where like nothing grows or nothing that they still find their way to have fun which is basically blowing each other up and in crazy crazy road wars but i did think that movie did have a lot of uh takeaway themes about mental health and had a lot of things in it that like it, it, it like shows just like um how broken a man can can become and still 
and still achieve something that's good and helps people. So I, I think that's that's a movie that that stands out throughout the decade that had some pretty profound themes. Um, I, I would guess you, you've seen Fury, Fury Road. Yeah, I've seen Fury Road. I actually watched that one not too long ago. I didn't really think of it from a mental health point of view. I guess for me, it's like it's more um, dudes with guitars with fire flying. Yeah, yeah. Else I guess so. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's in, it the did have me stuff um, is very interesting because, like, that's very cultish. Um, yeah. And that's got its own kind of mental health stigma in itself. Yeah. I mean, it's the part it's a, that really stood out for you. Basically, um, I mean, the movie is about the rebellion against a, uh, basically a religious warlord that everyone looks up to. But of course the man himself is very corrupt and he's very greedy and he's very evil. And he, he just like, he wants, he basically kills anyone to get, to get what he wants. And you have Charlie Theron, who's basically just the woman who wants to rebel against um, Morton and just, um, and she's also looking for for her own peace. She's trying to find the place where she grew up, and she's like driving all over the wasteland to find this place, but she never does. So I guess she's kind of also another lost soul who's trying to find herself in this in this terrible world that is the world of Fury Road. So that's another thing that I took away from it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Being a lost soul, you know, it can be hard and you do actually attach yourself maybe to the wrong, wrong outcomes. Mm. I mean, that's what they talk about with disenfranchised people and then they end up in hate groups. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't exactly know what that means, dis disenfranchising. So maybe you can explain it to me. Um, so you don't really feel like you fit in the normal kind of world yeah. that you live in. You don't feel like you can get a job. You feel like um, the way how society is set up is set up to be against you and what your values are. So yeah. you're looking for something that more fits your needs. Mm. and that's where someone coming along saying hey we've got this kind of society that we've set up where um we be, we go and blow people up in the name of some religious oh, figure or something yeah. like that yeah yeah come and join us because this is where you belong god wants you to yeah well no i'm signing up for things like that <laughs> dangerous as um but like, um, I will digress for a second here um, because I was watching this blog on YouTube a couple of days ago saying that basically people, every person in their 20s, their brain is hardwired to say that they're different from everybody else. And it's not until you reach your 30s where your brain grows out of that. And like, and, and when you're in like your 20s, you, you, you have to find your way to make your mark on the world or have to figure out how how to create something that everybody wants to see and how to feel accepted and, and and what to do and where to go to achieve that but 
said, once you reach your thirties, you no longer really care about that. And you're just comfortable in your own skin, basically. And you don't reach your third, you, you don't really discover that for yourself until you reach that age. So I thought that was very um, insightful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. going from high school where you're one of many and you're getting grades and like yeah. it means something, but it doesn't really mean something to in, in your 20s, mm-hmm. you're kind of competing for who you're going to be in society. Yeah. You've got to get a job. You've got to show who your strengths are and you've got to yeah. figure out what your strengths are if you've never been told what they are before. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know what they are, you don't know what you're offering the world. Yeah. Because like when I, when I was a teenager, my worst fear that I had was that fear that I had absolutely no talent at anything. But I wanted to be a filmmaker. So I went to TAFE and, and I studied film. But like eventually I'm just like studying film and somebody just comes up and tells me that I'm nothing. And like, and that hurt because like, that was like my worst fear personified in this one man coming up and saying that to me. Mm. But I knew I wasn't nothing because I don't think anybody's nothing. Everybody has something to give or something that they want to do. So I just feel that that's a really damaging thing to believe that there's like, there's nothing inside you that is of value or, or of worth. Yeah. And I feel this is like, this is what, this is one of the seeds that grows in people's minds that develops a mental illness belief that they have no talent or belief that they are, they're a bad or an evil person. The belief that they can't feel empathy or the belief that they're going to hurt someone. Yeah. That, that scares people. So, yeah. I mean, like you might look at a tree and think mm. that the tree is just a tree, but to someone that knows that tree, they might know at the right time of year that tree mm. blooms flowers and brings edible fruit. So mm. it's all about having that knowledge and that person saying that you, you're nothing or your, mm. your film career is nothing or whatever. That's just them actually showing that they have no knowledge because mm. they don't know what your strengths are and they haven't been willing to find it out. Yeah. I mean, this guy didn't even know a thing about me. Yeah. He said it. And, of course, I didn't, I didn't retaliate back at him. I didn't get angry. I just sat there and took it. Yeah. But it, it hurt. So, yeah. 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 But, yeah. I, I don't know what he's up to now, but like he, he, he has approached me in like the future and he's been more positive towards me. So in a way it kind of just felt like some sort of test that I was supposed to overcome. So, yeah. Yeah. I think when people say stuff like that, it's more about them than it is about you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, it's easy to kick a person when they're down. Yeah, it is much harder to build a person up, and that's where you've really got to put your strengths in building people up. Because mm. otherwise, we don't get better as a society; we get worse. Yeah, I will. I, I've always had. I've, I've had another character in mind that I thought about mental health a lot. It's a TV character, um, Doctor Gregory House from the show House, and I and I would guess that you've seen that show as well. I love House. I love the sarcasm. Yeah. yeah. He is, um, he's such a narcissist 
but he still cares about people. He absolutely hates himself when he sees someone die and he blames himself. And that's kind of like the, uh, the gist of his character. He believes he's basically a, a, like a broken man. And the only thing that he can do is help others in his job, working at the, uh, his local hospital, basically diagnosing problems. Yeah. And he, he is really entertained about like solving, solving the, the, the puzzle of, of, of what's wrong with his patients and his bluntness and his rudeness is actually a positive trait of like helping people like wake up to themselves and make them better. So that's what his character is all about. And, and, and you can see the, the evolution of his character as the show goes on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you definitely see the evolution of his character as it goes on in a downward spiral as well. Yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah. yeah, Dr. Gregory House is definitely an interesting one. And I guess the way how you see it and the way how I perceive it is actually totally different because um, I see House as someone that doesn't actually care about the patient. He just cares about solving the problem and the yeah. patients are the problem. So, yeah. but um, in the end, that's what life's about, I guess, getting through it by solving the problems. Yeah. Presented by yeah. I wasn't like completely sure about House as a character until I finally saw the episode Help Me, oh, yeah. which was the finale of season six. And in this episode, House and his team have to um, help people get out of a... Uh, um, out of a collapsed building yeah and he finds this this woman who's trapped underneath and he's like doing everything he can to try and empathize with this patient doing everything in his power to help this hope that this patient survives and the patient dies in in, in the ambulance and basically um after this house just goes into a complete rage mode and just blows up at, at wilson saying like Wilson saying, there's nothing that you could have done anyway. And he says, that's the point. Yeah. I did everything I could and she died anyway. And you can see just how sad he is in this moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. And that's, yeah. That yeah. is one of the big things about life is learning what your circle of influence is and mm. things are outside of your control. Getting mm. angry at things that are outside of your control. Mm. It ends up just being wasted time. Yeah. And I, I often thought about that episode a lot and what that episode was supposed to mean. Yeah. Like what type of lesson is that and why did House deserve that? Because he didn't. He was doing everything he could to save this person and the person still died anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's going to happen a lot in life as people get older. Mm -hmm. Like with parents and everything else, you're going to do everything you can to try and keep them alive, but mm. eventually everyone dies. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the name of the last episode. <laughs> Everybody yeah. dies. And it ends with, um, also ends with um, house accepting that Wilson is eventually going to die from his cancer. And yeah. he just spent the time that he has left enjoying his friendship with him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how the show ends. It's kind of interesting and, ending, isn't it? Because it's all about like acceptance. Yeah. 
just give me a sec. I've got to take my tablet. I actually take medication as well. So yeah. let me just have to tell my parents that I've taken it. Currently taking antidepressants and an antipsychotic, which is funny because I don't have psychosis, but I take it anyway. But I was diagnosed with anxiety when I was 12 and I've been taking the antidepressants ever since. So, yeah. Mm. And I was super scared taking them at first because I was so scared that these drugs were going to completely lay waste to my mind and fears of like seeing like in, in like the news that people that take antidepressants become violent and, you know, like they shoot people. But it's never happened to me. Um, I believe that they helped me. Um, I don't really know what position I would be in if I wasn't on them, but I'm stable at the moment. So, yeah. yeah. We kind of talked about this tonight's episode about um, quality of life and how these kind of things enable you to have connections. Like it, 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 can dull you down. Yeah, that, I definitely yeah. experienced that. But that's what enables you to have connections with people and quality of life. And if you didn't have that dull down, you wouldn't yeah. have those quality connections. I guess so. I don't really understand how taking something that can dull your emotions makes your life better. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. See, I've got people in my life who are the total opposite of where... Yeah they've gone off their medications and it's really hard to maintain any kind of connection with you because they're just so full on. And the moment you yep. say something that they don't like, it's an instant trigger. Yeah. They're manic. Yeah. You kind yeah. of have to have your boundaries up all the time and it just mm. makes, and yeah, as particularly for people that you care about, you can't mm. actually care about them because that's a trigger for them because they suddenly feel like you're judging them or something like that. Yeah, the, the emotions are too overwhelmingly strong. Yeah. And it makes them do dark things. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, just give me a sec. I just need to send a message to my parents. I'll be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yes, um, I, I do have a history with what it feels like to be on antidepressants and medication and it hasn't exactly been always a pleasant journey but it's been an, an insightful journey um there have been several times where taking taking the pills have made me feel happier sometimes i feel like it's kind of like put me in like in like a position where i feel like i'm like almost like above this level where i can I'm more like resistant to like triggers and things that would probably trigger people that don't take these medications and be able, be able to, to see things and talk about things that probably other people wouldn't want to talk about. Yeah. So yeah. And I, I do feel like, um, because I, I've been scared to speak a lot during my life, being scared that what I'm saying is rubbish, but it's, no one has ever told me that so yeah 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 well, it, it's your life mate yeah in the end 
if you're if you're afraid to speak about your life, then that's mm. going to have an effect on you. Yeah, I mean, but um, it's uh, um, yeah, yeah, it's different to be argumentative and to kind of speak and and not give someone the respect of listening and reply, um, mm. which can happen a lot where people don't want to take medication and stuff. But mm. if you're actually speaking your mind because you're saying this is what the effect is. I want you to acknowledge it, then that's something totally different. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm 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 no longer scared to speak about what's going on in my mind. Yeah. Because, because it's the truth. So yeah. Yeah. Mm. And uh, anyway, I'm trying to think of some other characters as well. Um, as I said, Doctor House is a really good example. I what actually do you uh, think about Forrest Gump. From an individual impairment kind of thing. You know, I actually think Forrest Gump is actually supposed to be autistic. He yeah. seems that way to me. And he's, he's he has a low IQ. But the movie is just him talking about his life experiences and how he sees the world and what a wonderful life he's had despite his uh his um his his low intelligence and and how he was still able to achieve so many things. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a very insightful movie about just someone talking about his life to a total stranger. And that's what entices the movie. It starts with him literally sitting on a bench talking to a stranger about his life. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah. And then it, you just get sucked into the story. And of course, like halfway through the movie, it just shows you still talking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. One of the things that kind of comes across, and I'm not sure if it was intentional or not, is about how, intelligence can give us biases and we can automatically perceive judgment on people and because he didn't have the intelligence to have those biases and stuff he kind of just saw a person as a person and spoke to him yeah exactly yeah which is what makes him beautiful yeah Yeah. it makes him very likable as a character doing that He, he has no judgment yeah yeah and um, he's also, it's also a very funny movie too. I mean, it has its sad moments, but like the funniest moment of that entire movie for me was when he just decided to run across the country and he got all these followers. Then he just stopped me and says, uh, I'm kind of tired now. I think I might just go home now. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's but a yeah, good part. Yeah. It is a good movie. That's for sure. And that's something like, I liked that part because it's something that kind of with trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. it kind of illustrates in a beautiful way of how much time it kind of takes to get over trauma. Like Mm -hmm. he, he literally had the best night of his life kind of thing. And then it was taken away from him. Like she just wasn't there. So he had to grieve for this person basically being dead to him. And that's, Mm. that was the trauma of her just leaving and him being left. And it took him, what did he say, two and a half years of running to be able to finally move on. Yeah. It's massive. It is. People don't understand grief, I think, that well. We don't teach it that well in that we lose someone from our life. And they don't necessarily need to die, but they just no longer in our life in some sort of way. Yeah that we do actually grieve and it takes us 
some time to adjust and we may never be the same again. It's just, yeah. Yep. And people like don't understand how heavy trauma can be and just how all consuming it, um, it can be on your mind and just how long it can take a person to move on from that. Yeah. I mean, when someone is traumatized by something or like extremely guilty about something, you can't just say, oh, you'll be right. You'll get over it. You have to actually talk about what's bothering them for them to start to see the way out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of comes along at the end of Forrest Gump when he goes around for a long time and he could start actually talking about everything that was going on. But mm. he wasn't really talking when he was running. He was just processing. Yeah, he was. Um, also about like... um other shows I've been watching. I mean, I think, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, so many shows are more about like morality than the mental illness. Like I think like breaking bad is like the prime example of like how a person descends into like becoming an evil person and into a criminal. Yeah. And, um, of course, Walter White has so much guilt laid on him throughout the entire show, which just, escalates and escalates until he becomes this ruthless drug dealer towards the end. Um, but like people have like deba- debated that whether towards the end of the show, whether Walt is, has become a psychopath or is, or he's just a broken man who's lost his family because of what he's done. And people just love to talk about this show for hours on end because Walt is such an interesting and multidimensional character. Um, He's probably like the ultimate TV criminal character that's ever been put out, which is why the show is so so liked by so many people. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've never actually seen Breaking Bad. I watched the first five minutes of it, and that was about it. I could never get yeah. into it. Okay. All right. Why? Okay. Because, like, yeah, just the show to me is just, it's all about guilt. Basically. It's all about, um, you know, what Walt turns to, to crime in the first episode. Yeah. And just feels gets guiltier and guiltier. And he starts like, um, he like sees, he sees, um, his, 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 his like reflection in like a, in like a mirror and he punches the mirror just to get the emotions off his chest. And, of course, um, then Jesse comes in, and all the things that Walt does has um, has has a negative effect on Jesse, and it just shows just how just all of these all these crazy things that happen to him just because he wants to cook some meth, basically. Yeah. And how the entire town of Albuquerque is searching after him, and he and it's funny because you would think he would just stop, but he doesn't. He keeps on going, and of course, he gets he gets caught up with a bunch of um, even bigger meth criminals and he gets sucked into this, into, into the criminal underworld of Albuquerque. Yeah. Well, guilt can be a very powerful motivator. Mm. Because like when, when like episode one, Walter's basically, he, he's, he's nothing more than just a high school teacher teaching science to, to teenagers and he, he quit a uh, um, working for a company that would have made him stinking rich. And he, he, he regrets that. And after being diagnosed with cancer, 
he says, well, I'm, I'm going to die anyway. So why not just become a criminal and just get as much money as I can? And that's the motivator for him for the entire show. Yeah. Until it ends. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We might wind it up there, right? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, any final messages for the podcast? Well, if you're, I think the one thing to drive home if you're suffering from any form of mental illness is that you're never alone. Um, no one is alone in whatever the heck they might be suffering from. There always is a way out and always someone to talk to, to, to find a way out of your darkness, basically that the world seems to be filled of it at the moment. So it's just, just get talking about, about what's bothering you. And that's basically um, what I think this, this show is trying to, it's trying to, it's trying to, to communicate. So, yeah, I think, I think that's my, my final message. Uh, you're not alone. Cool. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for having me tonight. Awesome. Well, definitely um, enjoyed myself. So, so yeah, thanks. All right. Cool. Thank you.